Alabama, a game in which the Braves had the lead and took advantage of some turnovers and had an opportunity down the stretch. You can give us a call at 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-348-7254. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. Conference play for the Braves begins in two days. We're going to dive into UAPB as well. Doc Gamble's bunch. Doc Gamble, the head coach at UAPB, as you know, won the spring and the Western Division. And we're looking at Pine Bluff. And Doc Gamble used to be at Alcorn. And we'll talk about it with Braves head coach Fred McNair on the Fred McNair program. Glad you can join us. We'll take this time out. Glad you can join us on this Tuesday here on the Braves Sports Network. Alcorn State University and the... COVID-19 has changed how we stomp the yard and feel the beat. How we stroll. How we step. How we show our pride. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Is it safe? Should I get it? Is it free? It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts about COVID-19 vaccines at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. Sports Network, glad you can join us. A special Tuesday edition, a little extra prep time for this football team because we have a Thursday night game, Thursday at 6.30. We will be at Simmons Bank Stadium in Pine Bluff. It used to be called Golden Lion Stadium. Simmons Bank, a big sponsor of UAPB Athletics. So we'll be at Simmons Bank Stadium on Thursday night, nationally televised tilt. Our first game is a member of the SWAC's Western Division. Doesn't get any better than that as we take on the Western Division champs, Doc Gamble's UAPB Golden Lions. Glad you can join us here as we recap the South Alabama game. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question. We've got a couple of texts that have come in already, 601-348-7254. And you can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. We were here with Braves head football coach Fred McNair. Coach, a short week but a busy week uh, as you kind of put the South Alabama game in your rearview mirror and you get ready for UAPB, a, a, a very quick turnaround for your team. Nothing has been charged. Uh, you know, um, just, to, just to have a quick turnaround like that, you, you have to up to practice up in uh, a day or so. Um, you have to change the day in your mind uh, to kind of get ready for uh, a Thursday night game. So um, just like tomorrow, it'll be a Thursday for us tomorrow uh, as we get per- make preparation for travel um, after practice tomorrow morning. So um, Tuesday was a Wednesday, Monday was a Tuesday. So, you know, just to get prepared in preparation for uh, the upcoming game against uh, the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. So um, be very, been a very best streak. So, What a week last week at getting ready for South Alabama. I mean, trying to get as much practice time in as you needed to, made the trip to Mobile. And uh, taking on a very good South Alabama team in the in the FBS, it was a good football game. And that it was, Charlie. I thought the kids uh, came out and competed uh, very tough against a, um, a 
a good South Alabama ball team um, uh, coached by Kane Womack. Um, you know, very, very nice uh, head coach. Uh, gave us the opportunity to go to their, their facilities and uh, get more practice in um, leading up to the game uh, on Friday. Um, stopped by their facilities and got a little work in there uh, to kind of help us out a little bit more than uh, what we had prior to the week. Uh, but, you know, the kids, uh, I can't really say how much I'm pleased with those young men that, that really just poured their, poured their heart and sweat and tears into that performance um, uh, coming off of an interesting week um, in preparations. Uh, those kids really fought, man. And um, you wouldn't think that no kids are, are played the way they played uh, prior to the the earlier in the week events that occurred. Um, but those guys uh, really put it out. And you can tell because in the course of the end of the game, you can tell the kids got a little fatigued and uh, started cramping up there, you know, and, and and that's because of you don't get those two conditioning days that you normally get uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but those guys went in the halftime up by seven, felt pretty good about the charge. And um, as coaching staff, we're just trying to keep them, keep them together, you know, and um, just say, you know, just come on out and compete for 30 more minutes. And those guys did. They, they fought for 30 more minutes. And uh, I'm well pleased with those young men where they uh, carry themselves um, through the weekend and prepare for that ball game. All right, so let's unpack the game. Well, before we can unpack the game, before you can unpack a suitcase, you got to pick it up and, and, and throw it somewhere before you can unpack it. So before we can unpack the game, we had a delay in the game. And I thought it was due to television. Of course, the game was being shown online on ESPN3. All kinds of speculation on my part. I was wrong on it all. And Emmanuel Barnes pointed out to me, look at the lights. And the lights on your side of the field were out. So just give us a sense, because we did kick it off. And I didn't really pay attention to the lights on the far side until he pointed it out to me. So just talk about those chain of events, because the game was delayed an hour and 24 minutes. Uh, just, just talk about those chain events leading up to that. And it looked like we're going to try to play through it. And, you, and from what Cedric Tillman reported, you just were not going to play until those lights came back on. Well, you know, the biggest thing, Charles, um, you know, before the kickoff, I asked the ref what the lights going to come back on. And, and he said, yeah, come on. Um, you know, I see the kicker approaching the ball and the light's still off. I uh, said, so, well, I guess that we're going to wait till the kicker approach the ball and then try to cut the lights on, I guess, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a strange event of things that happened uh, during that moment. Um, you know, and then the ref come to me and asked me about, um, do I want to play? And I said, of course not. Uh, we can't see. Um, and uh, and then the head coach came over there and talked to me about about the light situation and talking about just playing 20 minutes, in which I was not. Uh, because, you know, playing in that kind of environment uh, without lights is very, very scary. And it's, it's not safe for the athletes um, to be involved in that kind of stuff, Charles. And, and I had to make a decision on, on the weather uh, to do those things or not. Um, and just coming from me, and I had a good discussion with the referee and and um, with their, their administration came down and, and, and said a few words to me and, and told me what was going on with the lights. And, and of course, that net particular deal, you know, they talk about uh, rescheduling the game uh, for Sunday. And I said, no way, we can do that. You know, we got a, we got a ball game on Thursday. And um, we cannot reschedule this ball game. I did tell him that. And um, so, you know, just from that standpoint on, it was a decision I made uh, to just wait. And I asked him, could I take my players back into the locker room? And um, they didn't have a problem with that, so they did. And they eventually their team went in there to wait for 
uh, until the lights came on. So uh, we was there, and um, just going back into the locker room and, and coming back out, they gave us 15 minutes to warm up, and I thought the kids responded well to that. Um, you know, uh, as coaches and, and part of this program um, that I'm a part of, this coaching staff, we always tell those kids that, you know, uh, sudden change, uh, uh, it's going to happen, you know. So the kid was up to it, and they did a great job of, of coming out and responding to that delay. And I'm so proud of the kids, Charles, and, and this coaching staff that I have here, of how they overcome things and, and um, in those situations. You know, I was getting texts during the delay, what's going on, and once it got to 30-minute delay, then an hour delay, it got to a point after what, 8 o'clock that, you know, it is – we're at a point of no return. I mean, was there even, I mean, we did play the game, but was there even, you talked about playing it on Sunday. Uh, was there discussion about the game not getting played at all as we got later into it? No, they just asked me about just to play the game on Sunday was a thing. Um, but I told them, you know, there's like no way I can do a Sunday game and then turn around and play a, a Thursday game. And, and I do to those things. So I have to think about the young men that's, that's playing the sport. And you talk about a quick turnaround anyway. Uh, but you lose another day, uh, then you have to travel back, and Monday's on you before you know it. Um, then there's Tuesday and Wednesday you have to travel to, to Pine Bluff to get ready to play a, a very coach um, up ball club by Doc Gamble, um, and those guys are, are going to be ready to play. I mean, the last time we played those those guys was in 16, and um, that's my first year as a head coach, and, and we got beat uh, here at home on Thursday night. So. Um, you know, with that in the back of my mind and just figuring that, you know, now we're open conference play. Um, that South Alabama game really didn't have no bond on how the outcome of we were going to play in the course of the year. Uh, but uh, to that extent, um, just thinking about that and uh, in preparation for this game coming up on Thursday night. Um, but, you know, just things that happen, Charles, and um, we have to prepare for those things. and. Uh, adversity hits sometime, and you have to be prepared for it. So I thought the guy really responded very well, as I said. Well, let's get into the highlights, of course, for those watching online. We'll have highlights of the game, and Fred McNair um, will we'll talk about it. Uh, we had some penalties, Coach. We had 11 penalties in the game, and we were called for a delay of game on our first drive as we got the ball at the 25, and that's when the whole light issue came up, and an hour and 24, later, we, uh, hour and 24 minutes later, we resumed action. Uh, so we were able to, to punt on that drive on a fourth down and seven at midfield. Then South Alabama got the football coach with 9.29 left. On a third down and 10, uh, Bentley, uh, no gain and on, on that play, coach, and just as Jacorian Wren with a big play there on a third down. So we are able to get off the field, coach, on, for, on South Alabama's first possession. And that's the thing that we have iterated throughout the course of the last few ball games that we played, Charles, our third down conversions. And, uh, and I think the defense stepped up and uh, did a great job of getting them off the field on three and out there. Um, you know, uh, this, this, this team is relentless, Charles. Uh, these guys play lights out. Uh, defense played well um, in the first half there. And, um, and just to show you how much these guys gutted it out, just to come back on the field and, and make a tough stop right there. All right, so we got the stop, and then we got the football at our 33-yard line, had to punt, and then South Alabama got the football with 6.42 left in the first quarter. Uh, Avery on a, a second and 15, and we kind of kept them on that second drive, Coach McNair, behind the chain, second and 15, third and nine, second and seven, 
and then all of a sudden, you know, they were able to to get a touchdown as Walker's one-yard run uh, gave South Alabama the lead as they went 12 plays in 70 yards. Talk about that drive. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was a tough drive, and, and we always talk about uh, putting them behind the sticks as well on their offense, and I think the defense did a good job of, of making them in third down on long conversion. And uh, uh, just that just the long drive, extend that drive, uh, they, were just, they were able to score that one-yard touchdown. So they went 12 plays, 70 yards, and uh, South Alabama had a 7 to nothing lead. Then we got the ball with 2.11 left in the first quarter. We started at our own 25. Uh, Bowler with a big play, a 54-yard bomb from Felix Harper on a 2nd and 9. Talk about that play. Uh, this this uh, C.J. Bowler, uh, uh, Vanderbilt uh, transfer, uh, uh, we was looking for him way past now, Charles, and uh, looking for good things out of him. Uh, he started at uh, started 14 games at Vanderbilt for them. Uh, able to get him here, um, worked him, and, and now he's into the rotation now and did a great job. Um, he got hurt during the course of the um, the Central game and missed out on the Northwestern game. Uh, but just to get him back, uh, just got cleared on Friday uh, to be able to play on Saturday, and that just to show that the way these guys really put effort into the things that they do to be able to come back and play. Um, he's going to be a good receiver for us, uh, Charles. We look for better things, and uh, we're so excited about him being able to dress uh, on Thursday night as well. So that was a big play that set up the drive and on a fourth and goal. We actually had a first and goal uh, from the five, and it was fourth and goal. And then Christopher Thompson missed a 27-yard field goal. It was blocked, actually. Talk about the protection there. Well, first of all, uh, it was a delayed game on the, on the first kick. Uh, we just got to get ourselves ready and get ourselves down and, and got to do a better job of, uh, I know I do, uh, I was trying to count the players on the field and not noticing the clock uh, on that delay there, Charles. And so um, I take the blame for that one. Uh, we made the first one then. We had a delay game there and then come back. And uh, just lack of uh, a protection there. Uh, we just got to know how to, well, they've been taught uh, to get their hands down when they jump. So. Uh, was able to get a block there, and the projection of the kick was a little low as well, so I uh, wasn't able to make that uh, field goal there. Well, it was uh, 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. We dominated the time of possession. We had it for nine minutes in that first quarter, but the four penalties hurt. Yeah, they did, Charles, and, and, and those penalties are always uh, uh, breathtakers too, Charles, and, and that, that kind of takes the air out of you. Uh, but these guys continue to fight, fight man, and, uh, and uh, you know, they just continue to press themselves. And, um, and um, like I said, I can't say enough about the young man there. So it was 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. We have a phone call coming in. Mildred Day calling from Fayette, joining us here on the Fred McNair program. Good evening, Mildred. How are you? I'm good. Good evening. Hello. I don't know what happened. I don't have a, qu- uh, a comment or anything. I was just listening. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank thank you very much for listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mildred, we appreciate it. That sends us to a break. Second quarter coming up. Second quarter recap. We're going to talk about UAPB, our first game as a member of the Western Division, and we're taking on the Western Division champs at their place. We'll talk about it. Doc Gamble, former assistant coach here at Alcorn, talk with him at Media Day. Should be a lot of fun at Simmons Stadium coming up on Thursday. We'll take a break. Second quarter recap coming up after this. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. I can't wait to get back to field trips with my school. Not having to think about 
putting on a mask. I really can't wait to get back to life, really. I miss all my friends. I miss taking pictures in school. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. COVID-19 vaccines are available, and they're the first step to safely getting back to things we miss most. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. If I could go back and change it all, I would. I would. I think I'm gonna miss you the most. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Or maybe it's just a little moment. I could go back and change it all. I could go back. I would. But I can't. 14 to 7, our score at the break. Well, let's take a look at the second quarter action, Coach. It was 7 nothing in South Alabama. Uh, the drive started with ten and a half minutes left. Avery uh, for no gain, and that drive stalled as Bentley's pass complete to Wayne, and it was fumbled, and uh, we were able to uh, recover the football, Coach, and we got the ball at uh, South Alabama's 38-yard line, and turnovers played a factor in this game. It did, Charles, and uh, you know, Coach Tom does a great job of uh, of getting these guys into turnover drills and, and during the course of practice, uh, scripting the ball out and, and those things, Charles, so I uh, was able to get that, recover that fumble, and uh, and have the ball. And we did get the ball at the 38-yard line. We were forced to punt on a fourth and 16, a 44-yard punt by Bolfline, but it was fumbled by Lacey, and Longcore recovered in the end zone. How much do you work on those type of situations? Well, the biggest thing is uh, the charge is us getting down the field and covering. Uh, I think Bolfline put a, put a funny spin on the ball. He kicked it a different way because of what we had on the field. Uh, to get uh, the, to the proper bounce uh, just in case they don't feel it. But uh, the guy was unable to feel the ball and uh, went down in long court, covered the fumble in the uh, end zone. And that tied the game at 7. South Alabama's next drive started uh, at their 17 with 6.32 left. Bentley, a 7-yard gain, a fumble recovered by the Braves. Solomon Wise at the 38-yard line. They're on 38, Coach, and, Again, you know, there's some hard hitting going on out there. I, th- I thought we got him to put it on the ground. It's strange to say that, Charles. I walked in the uh, the safety uh, meeting room yesterday, and uh, and I call them the pumpers. <laughs> uh, and I call them the pumpers because they they know how to lay the hat down, Charles. And uh, um, I think KJ came up and and laid the, laid the wood on him, man. He uh, really uh, put a lick on that quarterback and made him fumble. Uh, Solomon Wise coming with the uh, formal recovery and uh, a great deal for us there. You know, we create turnovers, um, and that's, that's that's big for us to be able to cre- create turnovers and take care of the football as well. Yeah, we were able to do that against Northwestern State, and we were able to do it right here in this uh, 7-7 game. So we got the football at our 38-yard line, Leatherwood for, for a run, and uh, we were able to set ourselves up for a touchdown as Leatherwood kind of finished it off with a one-yard touchdown run to give the Braves the lead. So we, we talk about Nico Duffy and we talk about the other guys in the backfield. What about the style of running that, that you get from Leatherwood? i tell you what, it's exciting to see him during the course of practice. Um, come from Tuscaloosa Central and Alabama Charles, and, and this kid works hard in practice. And he deserves what he's getting. Uh, the, runs in, the runs in the game, uh, he makes those runs during the course of practice. Uh, he finishes runs. I don't care where it's at. He going to run to the end zone. Uh, and so we was able to get a good push on the offensive line for him to put in the put in the box. So we had the 14 to 7 lead at that point. Six plays, 62 yard drive. South Alabama got the ball 
with 149 left in the uh, second quarter. And uh, that kind of took us uh, to the end of the quarter, Coach. And 14-7 at halftime. I mean, despite everything, like you say, in spite of, we're able to battle. We trailed. Our defense created some opportunities. Special teams created some opportunities to take advantage of it. Yeah, we did, man. Just being able to put the put the ball in the box early, Charles, uh, and during the course of the game, it means a lot. And creating no turnovers there uh, to kind of help us out in the first half. Uh, defense played really solid in the first half. Uh, gave it one touchdown and and uh, made some stops, some key stops, and, and those turnovers done in the first half. Um, and us not turning the ball over two charge, so that helps us out a lot and kind of sustaining those drives and, and finishing the drive as well. So um, when you're able to finish the drive, which we always talk about, uh, finish the drive by putting it in the box, and I think you've done a great job of that uh, during the course of that last drive. I thought offensively, we'll talk about the running attack uh, a little bit later, but I thought offensively we're able to move the ball, starts and stops here, and I thought offensively we were able to get some things done. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they had a stingy defense, Charles, and they, they played tough. Uh, those guys uh, had a, a well-put-together game plan uh, defensive-wise, and, uh, you know, the things that they have, you know, they, they took advantage of it, you know. Um, uh, with all the assistant coaches on that, on that team, man, it's, it's amazing uh, using their – using their grad assistants and their student assistants to do those things and talking about the atlas and all that kind of stuff. It's a difference. Uh, now you're able to break down just about everything your opponents can show you, uh, those key things and stuff like that. So uh, just the little stuff, it means it means a lot uh, just to be able to see and kind of identify those things that give the, the tip your hats, and I can say. Uh, but those, those guys fought, um, fought very well during the course of the ball game. In the first half, what was your speech to your team at halftime? Here we are, you know, with everything that's happened, we're up at the break, playing up, playing an FBS opponent at their place, wild and crazy crowd, you know, making a lot of noise, and yet we're up. And you're right, and uh, wasn't no big speech at halftime, Charles. You know, these guys know um, what we have to do as a team, uh, whether we're up or whether we're down. Uh, main, maintain the momentum, uh, keep fighting. Uh, keep keep encouraging each other uh, to go out and compete uh, for 30 more minutes. And uh, like I tell them all the time, we don't make excuses. Uh, we just find solutions to try to get the job done. And uh, they, they, these young men, they, they fight for that charge, and they, they know how this coaching staff are we're behind them uh, and everything they put forth effort to do. Um, we make sure that we, we're standing with them. And the Braves were standing toe-to-toe with South Alabama at the break. We'll look at the third and fourth quarter. Recap coming up after this. Time out. You don't fight fair, so we'll just fight harder. We didn't come here to play around. You're going down. Honestly, I hate you. I'm stronger than you. I'm more determined than you. We're going to beat you, cancer. Because the American Cancer Society is on our team. And together, we're unstoppable. My name is John Calipari. I'm Roy Williams. I'm Jim Behan. I'm Tubby Smith. And I'm a coach versus cancer. Honey, what I think you need is a socket wrench. I played JV basketball. I'm sorry. I don't think it looks right. This is good, and it's all good, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, 
not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. I'm going to call my dad. McNair program. Glad you could join us, however way you might be checking us out. Our producers on the radio side, Jamario Brooks, and on the video production side, the one and only Cedric Tillman. He'll be on the sidelines Thursday at 6.30 at Simmons Bank Stadium as the Braves take on UAPB. All right, Coach, let's look at this third quarter. 14-7, to the Braves with the lead at the break. South Alabama gets the ball to begin the third quarter, and they got the football at their own 41-yard line, and they went six plays, 59 yards. They were able to move the ball down the field. Walker, 13-yard run. They had uh, Walker again for 18 yards. They had Lacey, a nine-yard run. Talk about what didn't happen on that first drive of the third quarter. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, we give, them a, we give them a big return on the kickoff. Uh, you know, just the ball placement of the kick um, wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, give them a good return on that, and then they open up and, and start driving the ball, and um, just I think our old pursue uh, is one thing that, that, that we have to look at in the way we pursue we fast uh, instead of being slow to the to the gaps. Um, we was old pursuing. They was cutting back against us uh, on some of those uh, runs, Charles. What, what's the philosophy in terms of kickoffs? Coffin corner kick straight up the middle. Is it, does it depend on the team and personnel? Is there a certain kind of strategy you got to that? Well, it just depends on the return guy, Charles. You know, some of them can – can really fly back there on the return. So uh depends on uh, the return guy and what they're trying to do in their return. Uh, give us the option to what kind of kick we want to present uh, to them. Uh, but I thought that we just missed out when I think the other kicks we had was, was on point. Uh, but just that one, uh, just giving the ball on the 41-yard line there, kind of kind of put the defense in a bind. Yeah, that was a 28-yard kickoff return that set South Alabama up. And then Walker from 13 yards finished it off. Talk about that play. Yeah, it was a physical runner. He was a physical runner, Charles. And the gap was there. And like I said, you know, uh, able to make the cut to, to get in the box. And uh, he was a physical runner, Charles. He's a good running back. So they came right back, six plays, 59 yards to tie the game at 14. Then we got the ball, Coach, at our own 18-yard line and then went three and out. So I know this is obviously football 101. We have a long drive like that. You want to give your defense a blow, pick up a couple of first downs. How tough is that after your defense has been on the field and you go three and out and they're right back out there? And that, that is tough, Charles, you know, and and that's the worst thing that could happen right then, um, us giving, getting three and out and putting the defense back on the field. So we got to be able to move the chains on third down. And we, we showed a lot of emphasis on that this morning uh, during the course of practice. Uh, and and – we just got to get better on third downs, uh, uh, whether we pass the ball, whether we run the ball. Uh, we just got to get better to give the defense uh, a break, um, even if it's a um, a nine play and we punt. I mean, at least they have uh, a long break there. But uh, but hopefully uh, this game will be a better game um, to get better on third down. Well, after we went three and out after they tied the game, then <clears throat> Bobelon, a 20-yard punt coach, that uh, that set up South Alabama at the Braves 35. And that, again, too, and that, that always hurt. Uh, you have one kickoff and you have one punt uh, that kind of that gets away, uh, get them good field position, and we can't do that against a good football team. Uh, that puts our defense in the bind again to to not being able to flip the field on the punt, uh, give them the ball on, the, on our own 39, um, something we can't do. 
uh, to put our defense in the bind. So they got the ball at the Brace 35-yard line, and then Walker, one play right up the middle, 35-yard run, and just like that, South Alabama grabbed the lead. That's exactly right. Just almost an identical play, uh, what they did before. Um, just like I said, old pursuit. Um, they're looking for the outside stretch, and he cuts it back against us, and uh, and they come off blocks and, and make the blocks on our backers, um, not being able to get there. So we got the ball at the 24-yard line, now trailing by seven. We picked up a first down and had to punt, and South Alabama got the football at the, at our 29-yard line, at their 29-yard line, and then uh, Hill, an 11-yard run, capping off a 71-yard drive in 10 plays. You just talked about it. Do you think at that point, you know, it was we were up, and then they scored, and then we picked up a first down, and then punted again? You think the defense at that moment – in that part of the game might have worn down a little bit. I mean, just the fatigue starts setting in, Charles, and I can totally agree with that because I, I started seeing it uh, during the course of the third quarter, about midway uh, to where the guy was coming off, um, cramping up and, and things of that nature. Well, nothing major, um, just, just just cramping up, and, and that comes along with conditioning. So, uh, But, yeah, I saw a little fatigue sets in then, but uh, the way you guys fell back, Charles, is unbelievable uh, to bounce back from uh, from that. So from being up seven, we were down two scores, 28 to 14. Now on a fourth down and two, uh, a ball plan punt, and it was a fumble, and it was recovered uh, by our field. So talk about that, Coach, as we got the football with a minute 43 left in the third. We got it at South Alabama's 30. Yeah, another muff punt uh, by them, and they didn't feel the ball well on the punt, and we were able to recover it uh, and get the ball right there on their, on their, own side, on their side of the ball field. So that takes us to the fourth quarter, and we'll take a timeout here, and we'll look at the fourth quarter. An interesting uh, ending to it in terms of a pick. Was it a safety at the end? We'll kind of break that down as well. We'll take your questions, your comments, your texts and tweets. Got a few of those to get to. And we'll look ahead to UAPB coming up Thursday night at 630. We'll take a break. The Fred McNair program will return after this. Pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Braves Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. Glad you can join us, however way you, you might tune be. tuning in to WPRL 91.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Alcorn State University. Our producer, Jamario Brooks, on the radio side of the house. Cedric Tillman on the video side of the house. Glad you can join us on 
Facebook as well as checking us out on 91.7 WPRL and online WPRL.org and WMIS, WTYJ in Natchez, 1240 AM, 97.7 FM, WMIS, WTYJ. They've been broadcasting down in the Mislu area for over 100 years, and they're online, NatchezRadio.com. Glad you can join us halfway through the Fred McNair program. All right, Coach, let's take a look at this fourth quarter. It's a doozy, 28-21 going into the fourth quarter. You couldn't ask for anything more than that. Lights going out, penalties, Miscues here, there, and here you are standing toe-to-toe, a seven-point game going into the fourth. And that's what you want, Charles. I mean, a big battle um, with two great football programs. Um, and being able to, to stay toe-to-toe with a team like South Alabama was, was unbelievable for us in and, and, and our preparations. But, man, hey, these kids, I tell you, that just showed the determination these kids have and the fight they have in them, uh, the way they uh, came out and, and then fought with this football team. Well, Juan Anthony got into the act. He had some pretty good catches on Saturday. And uh, Juan Anthony had a two-yard uh, catch for the touchdown. Early fourth quarter, 14-19 left. And it was 28-21 at that point. Now let's uh, fast forward here. As we got the football with 10-15 left in the fourth quarter. We got the ball at our 37-yard line. We got to South Alabama's 11. Uh, Felix Harper's pass incomplete to Manny Flash Jones. It was broken up. And then uh, we were had a second down and 18 as we were called for a hold, Coach. That was huge. That was a huge play in the fourth quarter. Second and eight, we were called for a hold there that pushed us back. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big hold, Charles, and um, it kind of put us back uh, to where um, you you don't want to be behind the chains like that, especially in that time and moment uh, in the course of a football game. So um, that trend to kind of to, to put us back behind the chains, and it was, it was a big hold for us. Then we got to a fourth and 14, Coach, from South Alabama, 17. We went for it on fourth down. Fourth and 14 from their 17. So you're looking at a 34-yard field goal attempt. Was there even a thought of going for three or just trying to no, get some No, that, that wasn't, Charles. That wasn't a thought in my mind to, to settle for three because I thought that if we didn't get it, our defense was playing pretty tough uh, during the course of that uh, fourth quarter, and we'll get another stop and get another chance at it. So, um, we threw the ball to one, and uh, in his route, catching and turning and facing up, he slips and, um, and wasn't able to get that first down. So we missed the first down probably about three yards. So, and at, to your point, South Alabama got the football back uh, with 536 left. They got it at their own seven-yard line, and we got off the field, three and out. So your strategy paid off there. You you wanted to go for it, but your defense was playing well enough where you can flip the field. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's true, Charles. And, that, you know, it's just uh, it's the, the process of knowing what your team can do, uh, offense and defense in those moments. Uh, can we make that stop? And I trusted that Coach Thornton uh, and this side of the ball can, can stop those guys. Uh, if we went for it on fourth down. So we did. We chose to go for it on fourth down and, and just did what we expected. The defense made a stop and maybe was able to get a punt out of those guys. I remember uh, the game in Atlanta, that first drive, we went for it on fourth and 12. We got points out of it. Fred McNair, you turn it into uh, another Ron Rivera. You know, I get called Ron Rivera, the coach of the Redskins, Riverboat Ron, <laughs> Riverboat Gambler. Are you becoming a gambler, Fred? Uh, far, far from it, Charles. <laughs> far from it, man. Well, but your gamble paid off in terms of getting your defense off the field, and you were able to do that. As we got the football with 408 left, we got the football at South Alabama's 29. And let's start, obviously, Coach, with a 
with a pretty good uh, return right there, 23 yards. Manny Jones, Manny Flash Jones is really coming into his own, I think, on on special teams, giving us some some good field position. He's flashy, you know, first ball game, you know, just coming into being able to return some uh, this time. And he's getting comfortable back there now, Charles, to where uh, he can really feel himself to, to where he can catch the ball and return it on, on these teams. So, um, but he's uh, he's flashy, just like you said. And he was able to make a couple guys miss and, and, and have a good return and put us in good field position. You satisfied with your putt and kickoff returns? So far this season, yes, I am, and just a situation of just being able to feel the ball and not muff the ball, and and uh, just as long as we feel the ball, we I think we have a chance, and uh, not being able to turn it over, uh, let the ball hit the ground for, and and lose yardage uh, going back and forth. So I'm pretty much pleased with what we're doing right now on our special team right now. Well, we got the ball at South Alabama's 29 with 4:08 left. We're able to move the football for our second. Play on that drive, a false start, coach, and that that stung a little bit. That, that always hurt, Charles, especially those kind of penalties uh, that you can't have, and that's just not concentrating and uh, staying focused on the task at hand. Uh, we have a false start there in the back of five. So it was first down and fifteen from South Alabama, seventeen Bolton four yard rush and Felix Harper for a three yard rush. Then it was third and thirteen uh, from South Alabama's fifteen. And Felix Harper's pass in the end zone was intercepted. Talk about that play. That yeah, was a tough play, uh, Charles. We had we had going across the middle. We had two guys in almost in the same position. But I think if he wait just a, a little longer, uh, he'll find the window to throw the ball in, instead of throwing it to the defender. And that uh, and that was intercepted. And then the controversy started in terms of where the pick took place at the goal line, at the one in the end zone. What was the explanation given to you on that? Well, the biggest thing is I thought the guy that came out the end zone with the ball, uh, then he went back and fell in the field of play with the ball. Um, and the expression was the, the whole ball have to come out. But I don't think they took a look at when he stepped out the end zone with the ball. I think more in terms of where the ball was when he came back out the second time. Um, but, you know, just the, uh, had a timeout. They reviewed it before then. I had a timeout. Um, so I wanted to make sure that they, they look at it closely and get a good understanding of what they were trying to call in those terms. So um, they said it called stand, so, and that's what it was. And, uh, you know, I thought the guy came out the end zone the first time uh, with the ball instead of him coming out and not having the ball across the, the plane the second time. That would have changed everything. Of course it would have changed. <laughs> that would have changed everything. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and that uh, – and 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 that was tough. That was that was a tough one because there was a couple of looks at it, and you wanted you called the timeout obviously to get even a further look. Yes, and that's why I called the timeout, Charles. Even uh, if they did change, though, we we get the ball. Uh, we'll have a, about a minute or something left uh, to go out to to, to score again. Uh, but that wasn't the case. They they made the call and they still with it. Um, so you know, my biggest thing is, Charles. Uh, my hats off to of these young men here uh, that play this sport. Um, with this program and, and the way they perform um, during the course of that game. And they kept their composure, uh, not getting upset about anything. We just went out and played a hard football game, I thought, uh, with these guys. And uh, the way they competed is, un, is, is un, it's incredible, uh, the way they fought uh, during the course of this ball game. And, of course, there were five games this season so far in which an FCS team upset an FBS team, and we darn near were close to be in the sixth team as the Braves fell short 
by a touchdown. We'll take a break. We'll go inside the numbers, take some calls, texts, and tweets when we return on the Fred McNair program. Hey, Dad. We have a gun. What's up? We have a gun. Why do you ask that, kiddo? Can I play with it? No, absolutely not. It's not a toy. You know that. Anyway, I need it to protect you, your sister and mom. But what about the eight kids who get shot every day by mistake? Where'd you hear that? Where do you keep it? <laughs> it's hidden. I bet it's on the top shelf of the closet under your sweatshirts. Is it loaded? Remember when I found my Christmas gifts? You always told me to be curious. No. No, that's not what I meant. And when it's just me and Mom, I could use the gun to protect her. No, Justin, I promise I'm always here for you. But, Dad, you're not always here. program you have time for a question or two 601-877-6595 got the text and tweets warmed up and ready to go we'll get to those in a moment coach the uh the one thing a couple of things coming out of this game and obviously you know you want to improve going forward we had 11 penalties in the game and uh that's something that uh, obviously you want to continue to clean up oh yeah we talk about that all the time charles and uh penalties and in the game previous to that we only had four uh, so I guess this man, this been one of the biggest ball game uh, that we play because the next one is the big one. Um, so uh, just being understanding what we had to do and um, with the type of team that we played, um, you kind of you kind of feel uh, those guys uh, trying to do something out of the ordinary, you know, other than doing what they're coached to do uh, in those situations. But uh, even the last, nevertheless, the these guys they they fought real hard to to, to play um, through the course of this ball game. And the biggest glaring stat is we, we know we love to run the football. We ran it 31 times for t- for 32 net yards. What didn't happen? Was it us or was it South Alabama? Well, us us uh, not not sustaining the blocks uh, a lot of time. And there sometimes we had creases. Uh, we just didn't we just didn't miss we missed them uh, with the running backs. And uh, you know there was a, there was a physical team up front. Uh, they they was they was they was huge. Uh, they was big, but. Uh, no excuse that we still could run the ball on them. Uh, we just had to just um, make sure that we were seeing um, the holes and, and make sure that the guy was hitting them. And, uh, and just sustaining blocks uh, was the biggest thing. Felix Harper, 20 of 33, 265 yards. He was sacked four times. Talk about the protection. Well, I think the protection is there. I think Felix is uh, still holding the ball a little long, Charles, than he need to. Uh, we're trying to clean that up now. We, we talk about that during the course of practice and, and uh, just to get him to understand, you know, those hits that you're taking, sometimes you, it's on you, you know, uh, because he knows how to get the ball out. Uh, sometimes he's just, just sticking on it too long and wait for it to develop instead of going through his progression the way he should. So you look at Felix Harper at 20 of 33, 265. Uh, we talked about Bowler, 128 yards in reception. I thought LaCharles Pringle got going a little bit in that second half, especially Coach uh, uh, six for 73, Juan Anthony Jr., uh, six for 45, uh, Tim McNair Jr., uh, two for 13. Uh, so that uh, that rounded out the receiving uh, category. Uh, Coach, defensively, who stood out for you? Who was really, 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 really on point defensively? Well, you know, the biggest thing is, um, you know, making the tackles was, was Claudine Cherlews. 
Uh, he played he played exceptionally well. What's his uh, story in, in terms of just hit the type of player he is and uh, just, he, just coming coming to Alcorn? He's a physical player, man. I think Coach Jordan uh, did a great job in recruiting him from UMass and, and the things he did with him uh, in the recruiting process. But he's a, he's a physical guy, and he loved to hit. Um, but, you know, just the things that – that we present as a team, um, team-wise, we do have some good players that that's gonna uh, step up in the next couple of couple of days, and uh, when we get ready to play uh, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, we're very physical. We're hitting out there. Yeah, we're, we're thumping, Charles. I, like I said, the safety I called them the thumpers um, of the day, uh, and it was it was it was a well played ball game by the course of these guys and uh, the way they really poured their heart into it. What was the energy like in the locker room? I know it was disappointing that you didn't win the game, but despite it all, your team was right there, and you know we darn near had a touchdown to tie this thing up. Uh, Charles, the energy was the, the energy was good, Charles, and, and, and these guys know how close they were to winning this ball game, and just a just a just a play here and there that we could have made uh, to get this thing done. Uh, we're that close, and um, and we just about to pull this thing together. You know, in all phases of the game, you know, talking about offense and defense and special team, and that's where you want to be. Um, everything is coming together, you know, in a, a short week and get ready to go play a real good physical uh, university at Arkansas Pine Bluff. That's a 6.30 kickoff. We're going to talk about that in a few moments. We'll take a break here. We'll get to the text and tweets when we come back. Alcorn State University. When I think of Alcorn, I think of family. I would encourage troopers to come to Alcorn because if you're looking for a great way to connect with people, to also um, get your degree, and also to um, enjoy college, I would definitely choose Alcorn. If they made the choice to come to Alcorn, they wouldn't regret it. You would just meet so many great people that would have a lasting impression on your life. And the teachers and everything, it's just a family. And it's a great family to be a part of because once you're part of the Brady Nation, you just can't forget it, can't let it go. Be brave. Go further. We are Alcorn. Choose to be brave. Choose Alcorn. Alcorn proud, brave, strong. Alcorn is where you belong. Um, I get an hour, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get it. 24-7-365. If you send a tweet after the show, we'll obviously use it for the next show. So, Coach, a couple of tweets about Felix Harper. Um, Lexis Smith feels like Felix Harper's been off the first three games. Has there been a discussion about maybe letting him sit a series or two, just seeing it from the other side? Not at this time, uh, Charles. I think he's, he's coming around uh, um, to himself and, and getting an understanding of what he needs to do in, in preparation to, to get better each and every week. So, uh, right now, we're, we're, we're sticking with Felix, and and uh, and he knows he, he knows the thing, the decision he have to make, have to do it quickly uh, during the process of a play. So, um, unfortunately, he's gonna get better, uh, Charles. Uh, there's no other way. And then a, a follow-up tweet about the offensive line being more physical and having a mean streak. Do you, do you feel like the, the offensive line? Uh, is being pushed around a little bit, or do you are you happy with how they're able to hang in? They're, they're playing physically tough, Charles, and I'm I'm seeing some good stuff uh, that they're doing. I think Coach Ratton does a great job with the physicality part of getting them to do the things that he needs to get done uh, in preparation of a run or a pass play uh, 
to to protect the passer and and uh, open holes up for the run. So I think that the physicality part is there. These guys play tough in the trenches. We talked about the penalties, Coach. We had 12 men on the field. That you see that happen. What do you, what do you do to prevent it from happening? Well, it wasn't exactly 12 men on the field, Charles. Uh, we got called for uh, probably of offside more than anything. We had one. Off, we we brought one off the field, and that gave us 10. So. Um, we had to get the other player on, but he didn't get across the ball of, of outside of the ball. That's why they threw the flag uh, pretty much for being offsides or legal substitution. All right, so from the text line, you can text a question, 601-348-7254. Coach, how are Austin Bolton, uh, the running back, and <clears throat> Kadarius Wells, the tight end, doing? They're, they're doing good, Charles, and, uh, you know, they, they – um, they gon they gonna run the ball as hard and as well as they need to. Uh, um, they get an opportunity to, to carry the ball um, in all situations. So we just gotta continue to pound and and open up gaps. And let me clarify one of those things that I said a few minutes ago, Charles. It was two penalties that, and with substitution. One of them was um, 12 men on the field. We did have a linebacker uh, that didn't get off the field in time. I thought he did, uh, but they reviewed that play. And um, that we did have 12 minutes on the field. Um, but I was mistaking that for another play that, that also occurred uh, during that time, too. Uh, we just got to do a better job of, of running off the field as players uh, when the substitution comes in. Um, talking about UAPB, Coach, uh, text coming in. UAPB has a pretty good passing attack. Must go in and be aggressive and attack uh, Skyler Perry. And, and you that's a, one comment. And you talked about uh, Felix Harper and his reads using his legs more. Are you trying to cut back on that? I mean, we know what he could do out in space, but you gotta you got to be careful as well. No, if it presents itself, Charles, of course we're going we're gonna to run him, but uh, if it presents itself, you know, but uh, our ideal thing is to, to use what we got in the backfield to run the football. Uh, we're very creative in, in, uh, in running the ball, uh, and we just have to make sure that uh, Felix knows um, – when that, when that light bulb is about to blow, you got to throw the ball. And that's the biggest thing. So um, we just got to make sure that we, we stay on him and, and do the thing we continue to do, Charles. And I think it's going to get better um, throughout the rest of this year. Of course, our running attack, we, we talked about that, uh, 32 net yards against South Alabama. So that brings up the question, you know, we did not have Stafford Anderson. Will he play on Thursday? Uh, it's, it's a game time decision. I think uh, it'll be it'll be whether he get cleared or not uh, from the doctor. Uh, I think he had an appointment today. Uh, uh, see if he's going to be cleared. So if so, we'll we'll monitor that situation in the course of the um, tomorrow and and game time decision for him if he's cleared. And uh, coach, uh, 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 arrive support here. Uh, a text coming in. The Braves Nation stands behind you and your support and the staff and players did a phenomenal job. Uh, from a fan's perspective, what can fans do to, to, to help things out? I'll tell you what, just continue to, to give your support. And, and I didn't mention this last week. I just totally uh, got off uh, last week. But uh, those guys that are responsible for uh, the points um, challenge, uh, we really appreciate that uh, and the fans for for doing those things and, and, and putting in the Tomorrow Club. Uh, we really appreciate you guys for everything that you guys do, even the people that just puts in into the Tomorrow Club. We really appreciate you uh, as a staff and as a team. Uh, the things that you do uh, is not unnoticeable. We notice everything that you do. Uh, we get it. And, uh, but I do want to just say thank you guys for, 
for doing that and, and continue to support uh, this brave football program. Uh, you know, I'm, I got a volleyball team tonight. I'm kind of missing out on it because I changed my show. <laughs> so I'm known out there supporting those uh, other sports as well. And, uh, you know, just to, just to go on and donate to wherever you need to go donate, uh, whatever sport you desire, you know, just just make sure that these uh, coaches know that, that you're here to support them as well. So uh, we do want to thank you all guys for that. Yeah, that was kind of my fault, too, because uh, good friend Ken Gordon wanted uh, me to, to throw that out there, and I totally forgot it. It, it. it slipped me last week as well. So, yes, that that's a good point. And that, that giving ch- challenge is catching on. I mean, other, other teams are doing it as well, and that's, that's, a, that's a good thing because those dollars are definitely needed. Oh, of course they are, Charles. And the things that we need uh, for each and every one of the programs as well, um, they, they don't go unnoticeable uh, to where we spend it as a, as a, as a coach. Um, just the need for these young men and women to just to show them that we that we um, we support them as well as coaches, and we want them to have a a, a great experience here at Alcorn uh, as a student athlete. Well, coach, there was a comment you're talking about twelve men on the field. Uh, text just came in, and we considered selecting a student assistant to be responsible for counting the number of players on the field. You know, you got to have eyes at which <laughs> I tell you, and always before a punt or before a kickoff. I'm always asking guys upstairs, give me a head count, give me a head count. And, uh, but they, they, those guys do a good job of, of, of letting me know how many we have. But I think in the course of the game, I, I think that we all get involved in too much of, of uh, what needs to be called next and getting guys on and off the field at the time. But uh, situations like that occur sometimes, Charles. But uh, games management, that's up to me. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's in the course of the game, in the heat of battle, Things tend to slip away from me sometimes, but um, but it'll get better for us. And uh, I think the guys, what we're doing is is doing an excellent job uh, of doing the things that we need to get done. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll look at our first game as a member of the Western Division, and it's against the Western Division champs, UAPB. We'll talk about it after this timeout on the Fred McNair Show. Don't worry, the 74 people were picked before me in the NFL draft. To fight childhood obesity, United Way and the NFL are helping kids play at least 60 minutes a day. Okay, time for the team obstacle course. Yay! What this place needs is more healthy kids. To get involved or donate, go to unitedway.org slash play 60. Now I get it. Freedom. It's at the core of who we are. The freedom to live without fear to jog where we please, to wear a hoodie, the freedom to breathe. Before we celebrate the freedom most Americans have, we must fight for the freedom all Americans deserve. Because all lives can't matter until black lives matter. 48 hours away from our conference opener, our first game, as a member of the SWAC's Western Division, UAPB, the Golden Lions, coached by Doc Gamble, who was here on the Jay Hobson staff. You know Doc Gamble well, Fred McNair. He was a uh, running backs coach, and I was teasing him at media day. You know, when uh, when he would hand the football off to his running backs, he would run through the hole. The running back would run through the hole, and Doc Gamble would he run right, through the right hole. <laughs> he ran right behind right him. Behind and, him. <laughs> and we talked about that and joked about it at media day. He had fun with that. 
but uh, it's it's no fun now. It's business right now, Coach. It's the first game as a member of the Western Division, and see, I've been in Pine Bluff uh, forever. I think, uh, let's see, I've got my notes here. I think it was 2016, the last time we played them, and hadn't been in Pine Bluff since 2013. So it's been a while since we've seen this this bunch. They surprised everybody in the spring. No one, no one in that follows this conference had UAPB win in the West, but they did it. They beat Grambling. They beat Southern. And they won the West and darn near won the whole thing. So as you look at this team, Skylar Perry, the quarterback, uh, defensively they're aggressive. They played Central Arkansas tough in the second half last week. Uh, what concerns you about this team? Yeah, the biggest thing offensively uh, with the court starts at the quarterback, Charles, and and, um, and, and the things that Skylar Perry do uh, with the ball in his hand. And, and that's one thing that you want to do is try to get the ball out of his hand. Uh, but on the other side of it, they got some great receivers too uh, that make plays. Uh, uh, John and Wiki and you know guys like that, man. And they're gonna be a very good challenge uh, uh, for us, Charlie. We just got to go out and compete um, with our defense and, and try to slow down the offense. The things that they do on offense. Uh, Doc Gamble, you know, he was a quarterback before, um, coached quarterbacks, and. Um, Pretty much was the OC at one time. I think at Pine Bluff when Coach Thomas was there. Uh, so um, going to be very challenging for us, Charles. Uh, uh, but like I said, our guys are up for a challenge each and every week. Uh, we have to be, make preparation to play a real good Pine Bluff football team. They beat Lane 34 to 16, and they lost 45 23 to Central Arkansas. They trailed 28 to 9 at the half, and they woke up in the third quarter. They only trailed 31 23 at the end of a three quarters. So they were very much in that football game. You talked about Skylar Perry, but in the backfield, Vaughn Crossley, those are the two, as well as Britton. What concerns you about their running attack? The biggest thing they can run the football, Charlie. Anytime a team can run the football, they're always concerned in what we do with our defense as well. So we got to make sure that we we uh, we, we, we cover our gaps, uh, make sure we tackle uh, and those, those guys that's going to run the football. Uh, I think Skylar Perry, he's uh, probably the second leading rusher uh, on the team. So uh, he does a lot with his legs as well. And Crosley, he's going to run the football hard. Uh, we just got to be able to contain him and, and stop him. They spray the ball around. Harrell, Wilkes, Miller, Hill. Uh, they, and there's some pretty good receivers, 5'10", 5'8". They're small, but they're quick, so you really have to be alert in the secondary. And that's big time, Charles, and we, we have to we have to do a better job of, of making sure we know where those guys at at all times. So uh, I think Coach Thorne got a great game, game plan for that. Uh, looking forward to, to playing a real good, solid defensive ball game. Through two games defensively, UAPB has six sacks and three picks. And in the middle of that defense is thick pin, 12 tackles, Versus Central Arkansas, what is it about this uh, defense that worries you? Well, the biggest thing is they're they're fast on defense, Charles, and they mostly play by the linebackers and safeties uh, uh, that that leading the tackles. Um, so we have to do a real good job up front. Um, they do multiple fronts. They do odd. They do an even front uh, deal. So uh, we have to make sure that we can identify the fronts and and um, sustain the blocks and, and open up gap for the young men to run. So if we do that. I think um, the challenge on, on their defense will be um, how can they stop us. On the injury front, our center, Milburn, will he be ready? No, Milburn will be out this week uh, as well, Charles, and hopefully he'll be back um, after the bye week uh, to get ready for preparation in the next uh, game, uh, Charles. But he'll be out this week. 
This is what it's all about, Coach, as we wind it up. I mean, this is what this is what we're all talking about, the SWAC, being a member of the West. We know that gauntlet, Grambling, Southern, UAPB, Texas Southern, Prairie View. This is what it's all about from here on in. you got SWAC games from Houston to Daytona and right in the middle, Pine Bluff. That's exactly right, Charles. And, uh, you know, Dean Bowen says it best. It's SWAC time, baby. <laughs> you know, so uh, going that way, Charles, you know, just to be able to – to get in the conference play and really getting out of the non-conference play with without any serious injury it was a big thing for me, uh, especially this past game against uh, South Alabama. Uh, not being able to just just be physically beat up is where we're at now. So uh, I think the guys did a great job of, of preparing themselves uh, to play a physical ball game and being able to fight. You know, and that's the biggest thing coming out of this ball game leading up to playing. Uh, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Yeah, I would imagine playing up last week and being in the game, having a shot to win the game, and you know, on a short turnaround time, that that gives that should give this team a great shot of adrenaline and momentum going to Pine Bluff. Oh, they're excited. They came out uh, Monday, charged, and uh, they practiced hard. Um, had a decent practice this morning. Uh, we're going to pad it up in the morning and, and get a little bit out of them in the morning and uh, uh, get ready to get on the bus and head out to, to, to Little Rock uh, tomorrow afternoon so uh these guys up for the challenge they know the the significance of this ball game uh in terms of what it's gonna mean uh to win it uh so you know go out and play a physical ball club and and play tough and that's where we brand it charles and we're gonna we're gonna be physical coach let's go get them go braves go braves go hit coach fred mcnair and let's get it done in pine bluff our first game as a member of the west against the western division champs uapb at 6.30, you can catch it on the Brave Sports Network at 6 o'clock. We're going to talk with Tim Stubbs of the Pine Bluff Radio Network with a Pine Bluff preview. And at the half, we're going to talk a little Braves baseball. We have a new baseball coach, Reginald Williams. Been here three weeks and has hit the ground running. And we'll talk to him at halftime on the Brave Sports Network. So stay tuned for that on Thursday. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program. We appreciate the calls, the texts, the tweets. We'll do it all over again next week. I'm Charles Edmonds, Braves Head Football Coach Fred McNair. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. So long. 